Hi, my name is Dr. Schwalen. I'm a licensed psychologist at Next Steps Worldwide, where we provide psychological, therapeutic, and nutrition services to all populations across the lifespan. Today, we're going to be talking about a really important article that's been trending across social media, YouTube, on news, in the headlines, about depression. Depression, serotonin levels, and what that means for everyday people who are taking antidepressants. Today I have a very special guest, Dr. Becerel Hernandez. She's one of our clinical psychologists here at Next Steps as well. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Thank you for having me as a guest. Um, so I work at Next Steps Worldwide, um, and I am a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in neuropsychology. All right. Thank you for joining us. So Dr. B, the article that we're going to talk about today has kind of created a lot of controversy out there. I've been watching some news segments and I've been seeing the headlines on social media where people are questioning whether or not they should even be taking their antidepressant anymore. They're wondering if science has had it wrong this whole time in terms of is serotonin even really related to the presentation of depression? And many people are just scared and questioning, you know, what, where do I find answers? Who can I really trust? Yeah, and you know, I think with the emergence of just social media, um, uh, information and access to information is more readily available for people, which is great because then it's a chance for more learning and for more questions for providers, right? Um, and so what we're gonna try and do today is to clarify a few things about this recent uh, uh, paper that was published. Uh, it's called the Serotonin Theory of Depression. It's a systematic umbrella review of the evidence um, and what their conclusions are and some limitations to their study. Okay, and then we'll also be sure to talk to our audience about what it means for them personally and the steps that they can take to help them make the best decisions for their own treatment. Yes. And so since you're a neuropsychologist, I'm gonna put you on the spot, but can Let's we just kind of talk <laughs> a little bit about like what is serotonin and why should we care about it? So serotonin is um, something we've discovered a long time ago. This is kind of not new. Um, even though the the paper makes the the topic relevant right now, it really is kind of old. Um, and so serotonin is a chemical messenger, and um, we're actually not that sure how it works, but we are we believe that it acts as a mood stabilizer. And so um, most people have heard of SSRIs as a treatment for depression. Um, and so what the paper is citing is this theory of uh, serotonin um, where low, uh, low serotonin in the brain is uh, correlated with symptoms of depression. That's basically what we're trying to clear up today. Um, and the paper is basically justifying some of the need to review that theory because there's been so much public misconception about the cause of, of depression associated to that low brain uh, serotonin in the brain. Um, and so what we know from years of study and research is that uh, 
we we know that depression is not a single disease or there's not a single biochemical deficit associated to depression. Okay, so first of all, serotonin, like you said, is a neurotransmitter. It's a it's a carrier of messages. It's a chemical, right? And we can find it in our brain. We can also find it in other parts of our body, but right now we're talking about our brain. We also know that for a long time, it was um, associated with depression, meaning the idea was that lower levels of serotonin was like a was highly correlated with instances of depression. We knew that, right? We also knew that there are other reasons why someone could be depressed. So none of that is new information to us. But what I heard you say also is the article is bringing up the fact that our our understanding of serotonin or lower serotonin levels being correlated with depression may not be accurate. Right, so some of the claims are um, what we call it in, in like science, it's they're very reductionist, right? That the single disease um, conception um, or a single chemical could be the cause of such a complex thing like depression typically is. Um, and so uncovering some of this evidence of how serotonin, uh, I can't say that word, serotonergic deficits in the brain, um, that typically is something that most people in the public in general think that is why they're depressed and why their medication works. But what we know and we've known for a while and what this paper is saying is that that one thing is not what's causing their depression. Right. And because people, human beings, just by nature, are very complex, we have to take a very holistic perspective on their psychological well-being. So serotonin may be indicated in someone's depression and it may not be. There also may be other things contributing to what's making them depressed, right? So when, right. We, when we think about a person with depression, we're gonna look at the amount of stress that they have in their life. We're gonna look at lifestyle in general. We might look at healthy versus non-healthy habits. Um, there's so many factors that contribute to why someone might become depressed serotonin is just one part of that understanding if at all and in some cases it may not be right it's complex and we see it in clinical practice because we diagnose it unfortunately we diagnose it too too much right um and so there's nuances to even the diagnosis itself um you know from diagnosing something like major depressive disorder to what is what we now call an adjustment disorder with some depressed mood. Um, so are there different levels of presentation to depression? Um, and we see a, a wide range of, of just symptomatology. Not everyone gets depressed the same way. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because everyone's depression will be unique to them and the way they experience it is gonna be very personal. 
in terms of right. how severe the symptoms are or even what the symptoms are. So does this article coming out and being in the headlines, um, does it create concern for the regular person out there who may be listening today who might be taking an antidepressant medication? Yeah, from what I've seen, unfortunately, I think it, it has created some concerns. I, I see it in some family members. I just see it in general with friends and questions that I get. Um, I've I've seen it with perhaps a few clients now. Um, this this paper is now trending everywhere on TikTok. It's trending on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> on the Twitter. <laughs> it's trending everywhere. And so, unfortunately, what happens is um, the the translation of that science gets lost. Okay. So why don't we take a minute right now and translate it in a way that's going to be the most helpful for our audience. Yeah, I think, you know, um, a good way, at my specialty is not pharmacology. <laughs> so I, you know, we, we, uh, we are very responsible with how we uh, translate some of the science, but what we do know and we're very certain is about research methodology. And we know what a, a meta-analysis is. And we know that there's two things that the public should know. Um, and that is that there's efficacy studies and there's studies that um, lead to effectiveness, right? And so an efficacy study is in a controlled environment. It's typically something like a, like a blind study. And then an effectiveness study is typically a study that will review if an intervention has meaningful effect in a patient in normal settings, so not a controlled environment. And so what we do know about SSRIs and serotonin is that people that are taking medication tend to report improvement in their symptoms. We also know that there's consistent evidence that antidepressant medication can be helpful in depression and it can even be life-saving. So those are clear things that we do know and those are effectiveness studies. And so this, this um, meta-analysis is not really incorporating some of those studies in their, in their methodology. So that's a limitation of that paper. Right, and so those effectiveness studies are not contributing to the conclusion that the meta-analysis came up with. So right. does this mean that individuals who are taking an antidepressant should stop taking their antidepressant? That is a, a great question. Um, I think if anything, the public should feel confident in having a provider that uh, can answer a question like that. So my encourage, I would encourage anyone who is seeing this to ask their doctors about this paper. What does it mean? What, what do they think? Um, if you've been in treatment for a while and your medication is not working, can we try one more thing? Can we incorporate one more thing? Are we in therapy as well? What else could we incorporate into the treatment? Um, and it's, it's as a provider, it's stepping away from the reductionist theories of there is a single thing that is going to work um, and trying to look at it as a whole and what else am I not doing? 
uh, for my client. So the, the recommendation really is talk to your doctor, ask them and also voice and say, this is not working for me. Let's try something else. I love that. So we're encouraging our audience to really be active participants in their own treatment, to have a really good conversation with whoever is prescribing the medications to them about whether it's even having the impact that they're looking for. And then just right. like we do here, you know, at Next Steps, we're really big on the fact that people are multifaceted, right? People are complex, that we have to use a diverse um, set of modalities or ways of reaching people. So talk therapy may be one of those ways or play therapy for younger people or creative expressive arts therapies for teenagers and adults. Those are the reasons why we offer so many services here at Next Steps because we know that there's more than one way to reach somebody because everybody is so unique. And it's the same way with medication treatments. Or like you said, maybe we need to look at the combination of treatments as a conversation that a client should be having with their provider. That's right. That's right. And um, there really is based on what we know today, because um, I don't want to give a conclusive also statement, um, based on what we know today, the effectiveness of antidepressants, even if we're not sure of what the underlying reason or biological causes of depression, it doesn't eliminate the fact that it's making you feel better, right? Um, and so that means that it is effective treatment. Very good. That is, I'm so glad you said that too, right? So if something is making you feel better, don't get swayed by what's in the media or in the pop culture about, about some study like this that may be misconstrued. And I also want to say, if it's not working as well, and you read this, and then you're concerned, you, you, you're, you're entitled to being concerned that the treatment that you're getting is, is just not working. And this feels like a little bit of relief, too, because then you feel like maybe it's not me. It's that this doesn't work. And that's also fair to say. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't stop trying different things and you don't tell your provider that perhaps that doesn't work. There's multiple other neuromodulators and neurochemicals um, that can be used to treat depression. Very and good. so different so like antidepressants, different medication. Yeah, a very balanced approach. But the main takeaway is do not hesitate to be an active participant in your own treatment. Speak up, ask questions, have those conversations. Right. So Dr. B, is there anything else that you want to make sure we touch on today before we end? Um, no, I think in general is um, whenever you get uh, headlines like this on the Instagram, <laughs> just always uh, review it with uh, your provider, just bring it up um and be natural scientists we're life scientists and so uh approach things with with some caution um and a little skepticism yeah always right be curious about what you're reading don't believe it just because yeah. it's out there kind of thing 
Now, one yeah. thing I'm going to put out there, too, is anytime any of you have any questions about mental health related topics and you want some answers or you want to hear a discussion from experts go ahead and place your question in the comments or give us some ideas on some new posts that we can make for you because this is the kind of thing that we love bringing information to you on thank you so much for listening today have a great one